on your back. What's up? What's up? Welcome once again. Welcome back to all our returning guests. This is Real Talk Beyond the Headlines. You can always find us at Real Talk BTH on Twitter and on uh, Gmail. If you ever have any questions you want to ask us, anything like that. Once again, uh, it's myself, Herschel, with Tune on the line. What's up, Tune? What's up, fellas and ladies? Uh, we out here representing for Atlanta as always. Uh, and as always, you're here to hear for the first time. <laughs> so for today, to uh, get started right before we build up for the Super Bowl, uh, we've got a special guest for you guys. We've got uh, G-Day on the line right now. G-Day, say what's up to the crowd. <laughs> G-Day. What's up, y'all? G-Day man, a.k.a. Young Older. Yo, man, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your football background. You know, I know we're bringing you in with the big game going on. Do you have a stake in this fight? Ooh, man. So, I mean, my personal football background is really not that extensive. I mean, I played in middle school, and, man, I played freshman year in high school, but then I switched high school to a team that didn't have – actually, a school that didn't have a team. But as far as with the Panthers, though, I've been a Panthers fan since 2001. When I first moved out to North Carolina from New York. Okay. So, man, big – Big game this weekend, next weekend. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up, man. So, you were there for the entirety of Cam's career, you'd say, correct? You, you've been paying pretty close attention to what's been going on at the quarterback position? I was watching the draft when we drafted him first in 2011. <laughs> okay. So, it's real. So, you know it's real. <laughs> but, yeah, so, <laughs> I really want to uh, ask you about, you know, not only – since, you know, you saw the way Cam was accepted in North Carolina then, I'd like you to compare that to the way he's being accepted now. Oh, man. I'm going to be honest. It, it was different. I mean, for me personally, as a black man, I was rooting for Cam off, you know, off rip because of his story, where he came from, you know, how he went to various teams and, you know, college and JUCO and everywhere he's went, he's won. You know what I mean? And when he first came to Carolina in 2011, it was a mixed review because they said, okay, you know, he's a big he's a big body, he has a big arm, but his mechanics are off. Or he's a prima donna. Or, you know, he's immature. It's all these things about his character. But me personally, I mean, I was just on, I was a fan. Now, you know, fast forward to 2016, I mean, he's a god now. <laughs> everybody's dabbing, everybody's dancing, everybody's wearing Panther stuff, everybody's saying he's pounding. I mean, 
it's just one of those things where, you know, it's a combination of him getting better as a player and, and restoring, and then also just people, you know, people warming up to him more, man. And I, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Now, do you think it would be fair to say that everybody is not warm, warmed all the way up to him? Are there still haters out there that you're uh, recognizing in these streets? Well, you got to understand, in North Carolina, because I'm in North Carolina, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of haters, man. Mm. There's really not a lot of haters right now because we, we haven't been this good really ever. So because he's leading the way, there's no real hate, at least not being said. Now, outside of North Carolina, man, I've watched a lot of sports talk radio, you know, listen to that and watch a lot of that. There's a lot of hate still, you know. And let's just be honest, a lot of it is because he's a black quarterback and he's a black professional doing well. And he's unapologetically black. That's the thing about it, you know. So, That's when true. You're, you know, people, people don't like that because they're like, oh, well, he's dancing too much. Okay, but he has a clean record. He, you know, even his image is clean. He gives, you know, he he gives back to the community. Every time they score a touchdown, he gives footballs to the crowd, which are kids. I mean, like, what are you really mad at him for? Because he has the melanin. Okay. Yo, that was a very interesting last word. You said the melanin. Um, <laughs> that's definitely the meat of our conversation today. But before we get into that. Before we really get really in-depth into that, G-Day, um, can you talk about the atmosphere in Charlotte right now with, uh, you know, the Panthers surging, going undefeated for 14-0? Um, I mean, let me just tell you this. They were not undefeated. I'll have you I know. said they went for undefeated 14-0 until okay. they, you know, but but let me, I'll just say this now. In Atlanta, man, it was so live when they were on their little 5-0 and uh, run. <laughs> but, but, so I just want to know what it's like in Charlotte, because I know it's got to be live up there right now. 14-0. Charlotte is, a, dude, Charlotte is amazing. I mean, it's, it's just, the atmosphere is crazy because everybody has come out. You know, you have the. You have the real Panthers fans. You gotta understand, like there are some real Panthers fans. You know, we're an expansion team that came out in what 1995. So you have people who came out in those retro jackets. I mean, even I bought a starter jacket from 1995. I'm rocking that. Like you have those kind of fans, and then you have the bandwagon fans that are jumping on the bandwagon and dabbing and things. Keep pounding, but it's okay because at the end of the day, we're all for the Panthers. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, every time you have a game in Charlotte. It's just the energy is crazy. So even though the Super Bowl is not in Charlotte next weekend, that doesn't matter. Charlotte will be electric. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's that's crazy, and you know, definitely good to hear y'all are uh, turning up for Cam. And um, I just want to say, you know, just like with all black quarterbacks, man. You know, I'm rooting for my guy. You know what I'm saying? Mike Vick, you know, I always had love for him, even though I'm not a Falcons fan. So I just have to say, man, right. Cam Newton out here doing it, like winning. Winning games, winning and looking good doing it too, you know. I'm rooting for my guy. Um, but we can definitely get back into the conversation of black quarterbacks. And, I mean, yes. it's crazy to me personally how Cam has been taking so much flack and he's winning. Like, this man is winning games. Is that is it that not all that matters in the NFL nowadays? Like, why does anything else matter, you know? I mean, I think it's because, you know, a lot of it is just it's because it's just it's, it's the manner in which he does it. You know, he's unapologetically black. You know, when he wins, he celebrates. And, you know, the one thing that people don't realize is that he doesn't only celebrate when he does something. He celebrates when his teammates do something. When Luke Kickley gets the interception and runs it all the way back for a pick six, Cam runs on the field and, and is jumping around with him. 
Like, people don't realize that he's a team player. And when you talk about black quarterbacks and things like that, you know, the stigma a lot of times is just, you know, limiting them to, oh, well, he's an athlete, so he's a runner first. And, you know, with Cam, Cam can beat you in the pocket. He just runs because he's bigger than most of the defenders, you know? That's true. Um, so, the issue with the black quarterback argument to me, though, is this happens to be the fourth Super Bowl in the in a row that we've had a black quarterback featured in the Super Bowl. But for some reason, there's so much more conversation built up around it this year. Why do you think that is? Is it because of the unapologetic attitude that Cam has? Yeah, I think it's because, because he's winning and he's talking fast. But because he's backing it up, there's nothing that anybody can do about it. He literally said back in, I want to say, week four, week five, when they first started talking about his celebrations of the end zone, he literally said, listen, I celebrate in the end zone, and if you guys don't like that, then keep me out of the end zone. That's a very toxic thing to say, but what happens, he ends up winning. So he's right. <laughs> you know, the thing about talking trash is if you back it up, then what can you really do? You're just going to be upset. You know what I mean? And, and then combine that with the fact that the team the team rallied, has, has completely rallied around him. You know, going into this season, that wasn't always the case. Like, yes, he's always been a quarterback, but he hasn't always necessarily been a leader. But this year, you know, with him just kind of setting the tone, when he's happy, we're all happy. When he's upset, we are upset. But then he uses, because he's aware of that, he channels his energy into positivity, man. And it, it just, it spreads to the whole team. Everybody's excited. So, a beautiful thing. That's actually really interesting uh, you mentioned that. Honestly, aside from even just being a black quarterback, I don't know if I I can think of another quarterback that talks as much trash as Cam does at all. Um, I think, was it last year that he was uh, going up against, getting ready to go against the Lions and was calling Andamakin Sue Donkey Kong Sue? Knowing damn well that's not that man's name? Right. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. And that's one of those things where it's like, he doesn't care. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, even though I'm a big fan, I'm aware of what he, of how he can come off. Where we are as Panthers fans and as Cam Newton fans, we are aware that he can rub people the wrong way. But because we're winning and he's not really necessarily doing anything wrong, then the haters just have to deal with it. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, as far as other quarterbacks that talk smack like him, I mean, there hasn't, I don't think there's anybody who's as, like, popular that talks smack, but it's football. People talk smack, you know what I mean? Even quarterbacks, like, people are, people People sleep on how much smack, you know, like, Phillip Rivers talks, like, out of the Chargers. What? If, if, if you ever heard him mic'd up, and even when he played for NC State, that's another Carolina school, when he played for NC State, he was reckless. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't think about it and you don't realize it. Oh, he's just competitive. You know, oh, but then when Cam does it, oh, he's arrogant. So it's just, it just boils back down to him being black. Wow, yo, that's actually incredible that you said that. That's a great comment, I think. Um, since you've actually mentioned it, though, let's take a look at uh, the quarterback that uh, Cam Newton is going to be going uh, facing off against next week uh, in Peyton Manning. Now, what I really think is interesting is the fact that Peyton Manning was able to win that game against Tom Brady. Uh, the country would have been looking at 
this Cam Newton situation completely different if uh, Tom Brady had won that game. I think America, for the most part, is sick of the Patriots, you know, continuously being uh, Super Bowl favorites. And I think they were looking, they were going to root for any new face, even though they dislike the dancing and the trash talk that comes along with Cam. Uh, but right. Peyton Manning winning, I feel like, gives them an out for another person to root for. You know, it's not that anyone, you know, is, I would hope, not rooting against Cam just because of his race. Though there are those people out there, it gives them the easy out to just say, oh, I just want Peyton Manning to get that final ring before, you know, potentially this is his last rodeo. What do you think about that? Yes. So because of that, it makes things interesting. I completely agree. When you, think, when you look at Peyton Manning and you think about his legacy, I mean, you know, it's safe to say that he's top two, if not the greatest, regular season quarterback ever. You look at his regular season numbers, his regular season numbers are impeccable. And then combine that with his image and where he comes from. He comes from a football pedigree, you know what I mean? He comes from a, a successful football pedigree. And he's a likable guy from how it looks. So combine all of that with his own rivalry with Tom Brady and how for the most part, as far as Super Bowls, Tom Brady's had the upper hand. But he finally beat him this last year, right? And yeah. then combine that with, oh, he's in the Super Bowl. So from a football perspective, you it's, I mean, I can see how one can root for the Broncos. Because I heard on the, on the radio, oh, you know, well, Cam Newton is young, and he has a lot of years left in him, and all that kind of stuff. So, okay, I, I acknowledge that. But at the same time, man, this is our year, man. <laughs> to be honest, as a Falcons fan, I'm incredibly torn between wanting Cam to, to be successful in the league and not wanting y'all to get that ring because that immediately makes the Falcons the only team in the NFC South without a ring. Ooh. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's a big deal, man. And, and, and then combine that with how you guys were the only team to beat us this year, it's like, wow. Like, you know, we can you I mean, when you guys are firing... And you guys are running up all cylinders, and Julio is going, and Matt Ryan is connected. I mean, you guys are a very strong team. So, you know, I think that hopefully, I'm going to speak into existence. When we win the Super Bowl, this is going to be that much more motivation for the Falcons to really just finally put it together, man. <laughs> man, I'm hoping and praying too, bro. That's all I can do. <laughs> hey, G-Day. So, uh, you know, so Cam, when he, when he, uh, Scores. He he does a little bit of dancing. He hands the balls out to the uh, ch- children. Uh, but there's there are other quarterbacks who do this. I mean, something that we have talked about recently is Aaron Rodgers, who does a discount double check every time. You know, he's pretty expressive. Tom Brady. I mean, you hear him mic'd up. He's cussing. He's flared up. You know, he's into the game. I mean, it's his way of doing it. So I mean, we sort of t- touched on the topic, but like, why is Cam getting so much flack? And then Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's like America's pretty boy. He's America's perfect quarterback. You know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, Cam is like having a sensational year. So why? You know, when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers winning MVP, the conversation was nothing like this. We were talking about this man went on the field and he did his thing and blah, blah, blah. And he played well. And he deserves MVP. Cam Newton, completely different story. I mean, aside from skin color, what what do you think is contributing to these uh, different headlines that we're experiencing with these two completely different quarterbacks? Um, I think it's okay. So, I mean, I'm gonna do my best to not just stay racist. It's not just racist, but I think it's also 
I mean, I think it's literally just from an attitude perspective too. Because Aaron Rodgers, if you if you if you hear his interviews and you see his personality, I mean, he's kind of cocky too. But he doesn't talk as much. It's more so he'll just it's his his movements. Like okay, he'll get a touchdown, he'll do the discount double check, and you know. You know, like, you know, he'll say certain things or kind of have this look on his face, like a sly look on his face. But Cam speaks. You know what I mean? And Cam is big. Even when he speaks, he has a big mouth, literally. His mouth is wide. So when he yells, <laughs> it's like, ah, like, it's like literally in your face. He's loud, big. You know what I mean? And so combine that with how he plays. He's a punishing runner when he wants to be. When he throws, he makes big throws. Everything he does is just big. And with Aaron Rodgers, it's a combination of, it's more of like a finesse thing. Like sometimes you have those big throws, yes, but sometimes you have those, you know, he has a quick release. You have those kind of things. So, you know, you got to take, the, take that into account as well. Then also take that, take their background into account because you're looking at a situation with Aaron Rodgers where, you know, I, I think he went to what, California for, for, for college. So, you know, he came into the league as, as Brett Favre's backup, the pretty boy quarterback who just needs his opportunity. Oh, Brett Favre has to leave so he can get his opportunity. And he did that. You know, once Brett went to Minnesota, he came in and won. You know, and said, okay, you can't say anything about that. He did the right thing. He said the right thing. And he won. Cam, on the other hand, he's had more of a rough background as far as football. You know, he was Tim Tebow's backup in Florida. And he got in trouble, went through the JUCO. I forgot where the JUCO was. Blaine college. college. Yeah, exactly. Went there, won the national championship. Then transferred to Auburn, won the national championship. And then went to the you know the NFL. So, you know, you got to take all of those things into account. So, uh, actually, those are awesome, great points. I wanted to talk about something uh, way in Cam's past. Uh, well, not way in Cam's past, but since you were mentioned in college, uh, once Cam was drafted, he actually had a meeting with the uh, Carolina Panthers owner, Jerry Richardson, where they basically discussed Cam, uh, Cam Newton not getting any tattoos or piercings and just kind of keeping that clean image, that you know, air quotes, clean image. Uh, why do you think the owner had to come out, come up to say to something like that to him? Um, and is that low-key offensive? I think that, I think it, it, it kind of is, but then at the same time, I think because, you know, when you, you know when you draft a player, you're thinking about potential, especially when you're talking about numbers. So you're looking at Cam Newton coming out of college, you know, and even when he won in college, you saw his image at Auburn. He didn't have any tattoos or any piercings in college. It would be different if he already had those things. But because he didn't have those things, he was winning on that level just similar to how he's doing now. So I'm assuming that Jerry Richardson was probably looking at him like, okay, well, listen, man, if you keep your image how you are and just continue to build how you are as a football player, you can be something that's never been compared to, which is true. If you look at him now, I mean, you compare, him, you compare him to other, you know, successful black quarterbacks. I mean, he got like Donovan, Donovan McNabb had an afro. You know what I mean? Steve McNair was not as buff. You know, he was a big guy, but he wasn't as muscular. You know what I mean? Like he has the, the cut face. You know what I mean? Like he has a he has a distinct style. You know what I mean? And I think combine that with how Cam Newton likes to dress. I mean, he has his own clothing line in Charlotte, y'all. Like this dude has his own like flat. And so, you know, I mean. Why not be clean and make some extra money? You know, if, you, if, he's, if he's on the commercial for 
beat, right? You saw the commercial where he's in the weight room. Yeah. And he took his shirt off and you just see all the muscles and all that kind of stuff. If he yeah. had a bunch of tattoos and things like that, it would just give more haters reason to hate on him. You know what I mean? And but because he's clean and he, he, you, he don't, you don't hear him cussing people out. You don't hear him doing those wild things. You don't see those things. You just see him, he's doing technically what people want him to do in a way. And he's just putting his own flavor on it, and they don't know how to deal with it. So, here's the thing, though. Uh, Jerry Richardson also drafted Jeremy Shockey, who is super sleeved up, and nobody ever bats an eye uh, at, you know, anything that... They, they never question his choices the way Cam, I feel like, is continuously questioned. Well, yeah, that's true. And yeah, Jeremy Shockey is a wild boy. That's true. But, you know, I mean, I'm, like, I mean, I don't want to play that card. I really don't. But, I mean, you got to take it to account. You know, Jeremy Shockey, he's white. And Cam Newton is black. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you're the quarterback of a franchise, you are looked at as the face of the franchise. You know, so if the face of the franchise is someone who is, you know, could be perceived as a bad boy, then you can make that work. But then that even, that can low-key, now we can even translate this to other sports. Like when I say bad boy, the thing that came to my mind just now, was literally the bad boys of the Detroit Pistons in the late 80s and early 90s. They won two championships back-to-back during the era of Matt Johnson, Larry Bird, and young Michael Jordan. They won two back-to-back. They continuously were beating the Chicago Bulls, and they ultimately beat Larry Bird and beat Magic Johnson, right? And bad boys, right? So the face of the franchise at the time was Isaiah Thomas, right? And he's clean-looking, and he, you know, he has a nice smile, and he has that whole thing going on, too. A la Cam Newton, in a way. But everybody else around him, you know, you have Dennis Rodman, you have, um, who else? I don't even remember, uh, uh, Bill Lambeer, because people who were just bruising people on the court at that time where it was looked at as dirty basketball. So that's not, and then now, you know, you look at their legacy now and how they're looked at as one of the greater teams in NBA history, but then people also feel some kind of way when you hear about Detroit. You know, you hear about the beef between Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, and you hear about how he kept Isaiah Thomas off, or he, he didn't, actually do it, but he talked to some people to keep Isaiah Thomas off of the dream team in 1992. You know what I mean? Those things you don't think about. You're like, oh, okay. And it's because of their image. So fast forward to today, and you're talking about the Carolina Panthers. You're looking at Cam Newton being the head of the team and being the face of the franchise. And he's clean. And like, yeah, he can be a little risque with his with his um, celebration, but what, I mean, he's dancing. You know what I mean? Like, remember when Randy Moss got a touchdown, he moved the crowd. Like, it, like we've seen worse. So it's one of those things where it's like, you really just can't do anything about it. You just have to let it ride. Yeah. We've had some very good topics brought up in this conversation so far. And um, one thing that's come up is image. You know, we, us Emory graduates, and now working in professional America, I'm in grad school, um, we are fully immersed in white America. So, speaking of image, like, you know, you've been working for a couple of years. You went to Emory. As a black man, like, do you feel like you also have to sometimes kind of 
you know, redefine your image when you go to work or at Emory when you're in class, you know, maybe working on some projects with other students, white students or maybe Asian students, you know what I'm saying? Do you feel like you have to kind of like bring your image in or maybe you're not as the the person that you want to be, you know? I feel like America encourages that in black men, you know, and I guess black women too, but uh, especially black men. What do you think? Absolutely. Like, absolutely, capital letters, absolutely, man. You know, dating back to Emory, you know, just the fact that there, there weren't as many black men on campus. And, you know, so we, we literally, just from an aesthetic standpoint, we already stand out. They combine that with us being in positions of power, whether it's being an organization, you know, being, on, being athletes, being in fraternities, being in all these different things, you already have an image on campus to be a potential leader. And how, oh, you go to college and it's supposed to be, you know, again, you're ready for the, for the real world and all those kind of things. But it's true. I know for me personally, you know, going from Atlanta, you know, and then coming out here in North Carolina, I'm in the South. Like, yes, you know, Georgia's the South, Atlanta's the South, but Emory was more, Emory was more liberal. You know, Emory was more, you know, more diverse and, you know, you could hang out with multiple races and things. I'm now moved and work, I work in Raleigh, North Carolina. So Raleigh is, you know, that's Eastern North Carolina. You're going out towards the Roanoke Rapids. You're in Tarboro. You're in all these country towns that are predominantly white. And as a black man, especially in the corporate world and what I do in sales, your image is very important. And like for me, you know, I've dealt with situations where I've gone into an environment and then I'm getting questions about my name and my background and, you know, what school I went to and if I'm really qualified to do what I'm supposed to be doing and all of those things. But I think that, you know, what I do is accept that and just roll with it. So I answer those questions. I don't get mad. I do what I have to do because at the end of the day, it's going to make me successful and that's going to ultimately put me in a position of power when I get older. And so translating that to watching Cam Newton, he's doing the same thing. He's going through the same thing, the same type of situation that you, Herschel, and, um, and other black males from Emory, you know, and other black college graduates have, are going through where you have an image that you have to uphold to appease corporate America and appease white America. But instead of fighting it, my mindset is, okay, I'll, 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 I'll play around. I'll do that image. I'll do that image because it's going to get to me. It's going to get me where I need to get to. Now, I won't subject myself to, you know, like demean myself so I can, you know, come up in the world a la Uncle Tom type situation. No. But when it comes to just literally my image, okay, I'm going to keep my hair lined up. Sure. I'm going to make sure my shirt's correct. I'm going to make sure I know how to tie a tie. I'm going to make sure I know that my shoes are clean. Things like that because that's what matters. That's what they look at. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. And you know what? Honestly, this season, I think Cam has kind of like broken out of his shell of that image because he's winning and he knows he has leeway. And honestly, I'm like, um, you know, I'm like thankful to Cam that he's allowing America to see, you know, what we are as individuals what our personality is, you know, like when we're not at work, we at the crib, you know, kicking it with the homies, listening to future talking mess. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> the part of America that, you know, they're not necessarily privy to. Um, you know, if you don't have black friends, if you're not really 
hanging out with black right. people regularly. So honestly, you know, we are thankful. I am thankful to Cam that he's, you know, sort of like being a speaker for us. Like, you know, this is what we like to do. We dab when we're excited and we're happy. You know what I'm saying? We take pictures yeah. with the homies and we dance, you know? So I'm um, definitely thankful to Cam for that. Um, yeah. So before we end the conversation, I want to take this back to actual sports and Personally, I believe Cam Newton right now is probably the best dual threat quarterback. I hate to give him that label, but that's what he is. But also pocket passing. Like, I don't think you can say anything about his pocket passing ability. Uh, Of all the quarterbacks that we've seen, Russ, Mike Vick, you know, Colin Kaepernick, these dual threat quarterbacks, he has to be the number one. And I wanted to hear what you guys think about Cam in that respect and also, you know, other quarterbacks we've seen come through the league. Honestly, I had a conversation about this last week in Charlotte. I think that I really think that he has the potential to be not only the greatest African American quarterback of all time, but he has a chance to definitely be in the top five, you know, maybe even top three, depending on how many rings he can win. Quarterback, period. Because you're looking at a situation where, I mean, just from a quarterback perspective, he has the size, he has the arm. He has the accuracy, and he can run. He And then the thing about it is I remember, you know, um, a quarterback that people would compare him to a little bit when he first came in the league was Steve Young. Because Steve Young was one of the most underrated, like, running quarterbacks. Yes, he could throw. Yes, he had Super Bowls. But he could run, too. Cam Newton has been, has been described as Steve Young on steroids. And that's a kind of crazy situation to think about because it's a similar situation where he can beat you in the pocket. But he will choose to run because he knows that if he's going up against a linebacker or going up against a defensive tackle or whatever, he's 6'5", 250. So he can be able to hold his own, maybe lower his shoulder, and do what he has to do. Now, the reason why I still say potential as far as where he could be all-time ranking is because he has to, one, win, continue to win, and stay healthy. And you know with the way he plays, it's crazy to watch, beautiful to watch right now. But at the same time, he could get hurt. He definitely could get hurt. Let's be real. I mean, that's a it's very a real possibility because that's football. But if he's able to, you know, stay healthy and continue to do what he's doing to where we can have multiple seasons of this magnitude, I don't see why he won't be one of the greatest of all time. Yo, since you mentioned his size and how he's generally bigger than the majority of teams, linebackers, safeties, how do you think he's going to fare against Von Miller, uh, the person drafted right behind him in uh, that 2011 draft, who actually matches up almost exactly in terms of height and weight at uh, 6'3", 249? Right. So that, and that is, that is something that I thought about as well, because Von Miller is a big boy. And I think that, I do personally think that Cam can withstand it, but... That's not also a situation that should be tried over and over again. <laughs> so that's why I would hope that, yeah, he might be able to take a few hits, but I don't think that, you know, that one-on-one matchup of him versus him going head-to-head lower in the shoulder is going to be good for us because we need Cam to be able to be in positions to make us win, a la throwing the ball and running the ball and getting yards, not just going up against and trying to evade tackles all game. Because if he's doing that, that's going to make the situation difficult for us because we have running backs, but we don't have running backs that are dynamic enough to really take over the game like that. And our receiving core is solid, but not 
really like to the level where we can have Ted Ginn Jr. take over the game. Right. I mean, it really boils down to camp. You know what I mean? So we're going to need our offensive line to keep everybody you know, together and to keep our quarterback protected so he can make these plays. So we're going to see what happens. But I have all the faith in the world that, you know, even with, you know, Cam Newton doing what he's doing, you know, you got to also take into account that the, the entire team has hard, you know, hard hitters and key players. You're talking about Josh Norman, you know, who's emerged as one of the top quarterback cornerbacks, if not the top cornerback in the game right now. You're looking at Luke Keekley, who just won Defensive Player of the Year last year. He's only been in the league for years. You're looking at OGs like Jared Allen, who was a beast in Minnesota. You know, so we have players. It's just a matter of, you know, Cam setting the tone for us. But we're going to see what happens, man. We're going to keep pounding. Got any bold predictions for the game? <laughs> what I want to see, I want to see a, re- a repeat of Super Bowl 48, where we go in there and we win, you know, handedly. I want to see a, I want to see a 40 to 6 type situation. I want to see an athlete. I yeah. want to see an athlete because as much as I respect Peyton Manning, and I, I, I hate, I hate it had to be him. Like, oh man, like, <laughs> like you know, Peyton Manning, you know, that's, I mean, he, you know, I hate it had to be him. But this is our year, man. I want to see a handed victory because not only will it, not only will it be a great victory, but it'll be a statement. It will be a statement for winning. It will be like, yeah, we won, but we also kicked ass. Excuse my language. <laughs> Bruh, I don't know if y'all can get to 40 with that, I don't know if i call them solid, probably mediocre wide receiving core that you got. But that is quite the bold prediction. But, yo, man, is there anything else you want to uh, tell the fans before we let you go? Uh, hey, well, you know, I guess everybody's going to be watching the Super Bowl, man. So, you know, tune in and watch the Super Bowl. You know, watch the greatness stuff. You know, Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, shout out to Emory University. And shout out to hey. my boy, Herschel. Y'all are my mentors when I was in school. So, hey. you know, I appreciate this vlog, man. Put me on the show again. <laughs> you never know. Follow me on Instagram, youngolu underscore underscore. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate that. Well, it's definitely, bro. We might have you back uh, if the Panthers definitely put up that 46. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking smack, man. Realistically, it'll probably be the 20, but at the same time. A win is a win. Yeah. Most definitely appreciate you, young Olu, and uh, the p- fans appreciate it too, man. Take care. All right, man. Peace. Yeah, man. Y'all be good. Yeah, you too. Speak up on these niggas, speak up on these niggas Walk up in that bitch and wave at everything Walk up in that bitch and wave at everything Don't make it bang, don't make it bang Get the follow by the follow, don't make it bang Niggas ain't been a you rather be more famous than rich Play your role, it's easy acting like Mitch Paid in full was more than reading a script Paid in full is really just being rich Porter Filling all standing orders Would you question could I swim if you saw me walking on water?